Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Well, welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and today is a beautiful day, as all are. We're grateful to have you joining us around our table here. It's always wonderful to have you sitting in on the conversation, and your feedback is fantastic. So we have a precious story today from our guest, Wendy Campbell. Wendy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You serve with an organization called Blessings, Blessings, I believe. Yeah. And it was founded in 1994 by a woman named Jeanette Abel. Jeanette Abel and her board of directors. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that organization. What does it do? Um, Blessings is now called TMC Blessings of Northeast Ohio. That is a new thing for us. Um, That's Teen Mother Teen Choices. Teen Mother Choices. Okay. Um, so our Blessings program is modeled after the one in Chicago, Teen Mother Choices, okay. um, that you spoke to Krista March a few yeah, weeks ago. we had a great interview with <laughs> Krista. I hope our listeners heard it. And if not, it's on our podcast there you on go. our website at chooseliferadio.com. Thanks for that that little plug. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jeanette had heard Krista on the radio, and Jeanette had already worked with teen moms in our area. And she was finding that her the teen moms that she worked with in the school system were not able to return to school because they didn't have anybody to care for their little one while they were at school. Mm-hmm. So she went to her board of advisors and said, I listened to this program, this lady, and maybe we could do something in our area that could help these teen moms stay in school, complete their education, and become more independent members of society and do that in a faith-based way. So she met with her board of advisors and created Blessings starting in 1994. It took them a couple years to get all the paperwork and programming in order before they started serving their first teen mom in 1995. So what Blessings does is we pay for the child care while the teen moms are in school. Wow. What a load lifted when something like that comes along. Right. It's a practical way to serve them. But then we also come alongside them and provide them with a mentor Mm -hmm. to meet with them weekly. Mm -hmm. And then all the girls um, that are in our program with their mentors meet once a month in a life skills setting where we have dinner together with their babies and for about an hour around a table dinner conversation, catching up. Fantastic. Um, I love that that ability to see a picture of what dinner as a family needs to look like. Absolutely. So many of our clients and our young people do not get that. It's drive-through or or you take your plate and you go and sit in front of the TV and plop the baby in front of a different TV or a tablet. And yeah, so there's no TV. (laughs) (laughs) There's just lots of conversation and lots of different conversations going on. And multi Multitasking, you're feeding your baby, you're, they're fussy, they want to get down, they want to run around. That's life. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you deal with that in, in a loving, graceful way and still get dinner accomplished and mm-hmm. clean up and serving and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff that goes along with dinner? Yes. Um, so how did you get involved in this organization? I was a teen mom myself. I had my oldest son when I was 17. And my dad was a teacher and taught with Jeanette, who... Wow. Taught the teen moms in six different schools. That's God's directed path. For sure. For you, that must have made a huge difference for both you and your parents. Yes, yeah. Um, So my dad connected me with Jeanette and said, you know, this lady 
does this for a living and she has a bunch of resources for you. So I started meeting with Jeanette and the baby's father. Um, he was a year older than I was. And the following year, my school had their own program with a different teacher, but okay. I still kept in contact with Jeanette over the years because she's just that kind of person that you don't want to let go out of your life. Yeah. After I had my last child, she came to visit me and said, hey, I'm involved. I just started this program. We have these teen moms and we need mentors for them. Mm. If there ever becomes an opportunity for that we need a mentor, would you be interested in doing that? I said, absolutely. Well, lo and behold, a few months later, she called and she said, guess what? We have one. <laughs> um, would you still be willing to do that? So yeah, my youngest son was a year old um, when I started being a mentor for a teen mom. Wow. Wow. And you were pretty busy then. You had other young children had, Yeah, I had four point. kids yeah, at that point. <laughs> So any of us who are thinking we're too busy to do something like this, just take take note that, that, was, it, that God will make room for it and God will provide what you need to be able to do that. Well, I, I, it was also a practical way to show my children. You know, I didn't hide my story from my kids that mm -hmm. I was a teen mom. They knew the circumstances of my oldest child and that um, my husband then adopted him. So he has his name and has only known him as dad. But my my kids could see that this is where mom used to be. This is who she used to be or the things that she used to have to go through because the teen moms came into my house and had dinner with us and mm -hmm. interacted with my family and could hear the struggles going on. So they could see a little bit of my life, but then could also see where we where I was now and how God has redeemed that story and brought it full circle back to serving but Somebody you, you, in the same circumstances. You bring up something very interesting. Uh, we all love to do ministry out in the workplace or out in the places that are available for nonprofit organizations. It's very different to bring that person in, uh, a person into your home. Mm. I just, I, I'm thinking of two people, two people that we ended up having come and stay with us, one over Christmas. And the other was a gal who was going to place for adoption. And at the very last minute, her she was alienated from her parents, very angry with her. Uh, comes, comes from a very strong Christian legalistic <laughs> background. Mm -hmm. And they, there wasn't room for this pregnancy. There was right. no way that could have happened or should have happened. And so we had the most incredible relationship with her right before the baby was born. The parents came up from Atlanta, I think and appeared and were very supportive of her, which made her change her mind. Mm -hmm. She now had the support to to have this baby and raise it. And the adopting couple had come from Michigan to wait for this baby's birth. It's very, it's it's painful and it's joyful. Right. It's, it's really a struggle because when anybody who's wanting to adopt is just holding their breath right. the whole time yeah. through that process and hoping that they don't change their mind. And yet God allows that because there's some healing that takes place for that mom yeah. in raising that child, healing right. of her past. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I stay in touch with the little girl from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that uh, took her son, had the same thing happen. She married a, a wonderful guy that she met in church, going to church with her parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he has adopted that little one. And they now have seven children. Oh they live God. on a farm. It just sounds so fun. And idyllic. I, I know. <laughs> I keep inviting her to come up and be on the radio. I don't think she thinks she has time. We'll have to figure out how to do this. But, but your story is so impacting and that you have experienced 
experienced it yourself. You know what they're feeling. And then when you invite them into their home, into your home, they're going to see a different lifestyle. Right. They're going to hear your children act a little differently than what they heard in their own home. Right. And the way you respond to them and listen to them. Right. So, wow, what a gift. That's incredible. <laughs> it's really fun. It's it's And these kids, these girls become part of your family. I mean, you care for them like your own kids. You want the best for them. Sometimes they don't know what that is, what that looks like. And that's part of the mentoring job is to show them what's possible. And of course, the faith part is really evident. You're able to pray and a blessing over the food and talk about God because right. you're in your home and you're in your facility and you can really share truth naturally, casually. Right. Yeah. You know, help me understand what a teen mom faces. Uh, it's not just child care. Right. It's getting back in school. You're facing what? Oh, geez. There's a multitude of things. Just normal mom things after giving birth. It's waking up in the middle of the night. You're exhausted. You're feeding somebody else. You're clothing somebody else. You're caring for somebody else, which can be very lonely. And even as a married woman, your husband goes off to work and he doesn't have that same experience that you do. You're diapering, you're consoling a crying baby, you're playing with them. So there's just a lot going on just being a mom. Right. Then you also add in being a teenager. You have school that you go to every day and you have to get up and go whether or not you've gotten up six times in the middle of the mm -hmm. night or not. I used to go for half a day, then on my lunch hour or lunch break, I would go to the babysitters and nurse my baby and then come back to school. And I would have spit up all over my sh my shirt for cal calculus, you know, and <laughs> it was so weird walking back into lunch and everybody's going, you've got something on your shoulder. I'm like, yeah, it's spit up, whatever, you know, no big deal. <laughs> um, so you didn't face a lot of teen pressure from your, your peers. I really did not, yeah. no. They, some girls do. Some, some girls get mocked and made fun of and Right. You know, called names. Yeah. So that's, I, that can be part of it. But you didn't. I um, didn't. I had a, a very good support system even at school. I was a good mm -hmm. student, so I kind of hung around a good group of kids, uh -huh. too. That makes um, sense. Yeah. So <laughs> that was helpful. But then you have the teen social life, um, going to basketball games, football games, or a birthday party, or just out to McDonald's, cruising mm -hmm. around in a car. It's hard to do that when you got a car seat in the back. <laughs> And you have to carry a diaper bag with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. and spontaneity is is really hard to come by with a newborn or a an infant. So so would you say basically the life of being the carefree teenager diminishes, 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 and right. you become more and more of the adult mom whose job it is to take care of you their do and one. you don't because th there's this. Most teen moms are still living under their parents' roof, so they still have to follow their parents' guidelines, you know, their rules, their, this is my house, my roof, you have to follow my ways. So they still have to answer mom and dad, but they have somebody they're responsible to. So it's, it's this weird balance. But yeah, they do have to um, become more adult-like, but it's also hard to relate to other adults mm -hmm. because... 
they don't have to get up and go to school. They mm -hmm. don't have homework to do afterwards. I mean, they work, but they get paid for that too. Yeah. And a lot of times these teen moms are having to work on top of school to pay for things like childcare or diapers or formula. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so then there, you add in all that and what time do you really have left for your baby right. to see them day to day? Right. I'm exhausted already, and we're only halfway through the program. This is so exciting, though, to have this conversation with you, Wendy, and I think it is extremely educational for for all of us um, to understand what really goes on. It is really easy to stand outside of it and judge or say, you need to take care of that because you're right. the one that had the baby. We don't, we don't need to you know, make it all easy for you. I've heard that from church good-meaning right. church people. Yeah. The reality is, if we are a family of God, if we are in the church, and you were in the church, you mm -hmm. were a teen in church, and, and the boy that that is involved as the father was a teen in the church. So I just want to come back and talk a little bit about that after our very short break. And thank you for listening to Choose Life Radio. Stay with us on the backside. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. Would love to hear from you. You can reach out and connect through our website, chooseliferadio.com. All of our contact details are there for you, including Jill's direct email, our phone number, postal address, and even our social media links. Jill would like to hear your story or have you share your thoughts. So meet up with us today at chooseliferadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. This is Jill Taylor. I'm your host today. We're blessed to have Wendy Campbell with us. And if you haven't heard the first half of the program, you're going to have to go to the podcast because we haven't got time to go back and re rehearse too much of it for you. But we're talking about being a single mom, a young student in high school at age 15, 16, 17, those girls who are finding that they're pregnant and how they're going to deal with it. It's Wendy's story. And so, Wendy, I want to know, what was the talk that you had with your parents or maybe your dad or your mom about how not to be pregnant or what was happening in your body? Because you guys all, you were a church family, mm -hmm. and they figured you you were in youth group. There was never going to be a need to explain all this to you. And so what did your dad bring to you? When I was probably 11 or 12 whenever I got my first period. I got a book wrapped up, a paperback book wrapped up in a brown paper bag with a <laughs> note on it from my dad saying, here's a book. It describes what your body's going through. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to come to mom and dad. Well, here they are. They're not coming to me opening the conversation. They're giving me a book. So that didn't really open conversation to me. It kind of sent the message to me that whatever you need to know is in this book. Yeah, we and, don't want to talk about right. it. Right. <laughs> and I had had health education in fifth grade, you know, where the girls go in one classroom and the boys go in another. But I was more concerned with what was happening with my physical body, the changes my body was going through, um, becoming a woman. <laughs> so sex wasn't really on my mind then. And my parents never talk to me about when it was appropriate to enter an intimate relationship with somebody. The message I got was that you'll know when you're ready. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> 
Right. Hopefully not the, you know, if, if you're listening again, if you're a part of this conversation with us, take this back and think about it with your family and have a have a conversation because it is important that you phrase this in a way that it's, we're open to talk about right. what marriage is and the responsibility of marriage and why it's important for us to build that relationship in marriage first and then right. have a family. And in order to do that, we're going to have to That's establish. That's God's best design yeah, exactly. and why that is. And those are the kinds of conversations, that, conversations, not books, that I've, given, that I've had with my, chil- <laughs> my own children. Um, not that all of them have followed that because my oldest um, did have a child out of wedlock. But I presented to them God's plan for what family is supposed to look like and the order and what it's supposed mm-hmm. to, he would like to see it happen. But then there's, and then comes in that free will. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And he has to make those decisions for himself and, right. and had went down that path and has since come back around um, oh, to his awesome. faith. So, yeah. Awesome. So you had the book. You decided if I'm supposed to be able to figure it out that there this this could be the time. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Um, yeah, my boyfriend and I at the time, he was asking, and I kept thinking, no, it's not the time. I'm I don't feel ready. Well, then in the heat of the moment, one day it felt ready. like it was mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um. So, um, I was 16, um, unprepared, didn't really think about birth control too much. And and lo and behold, you you were pregnant. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Because I went back to that book and, you know, looked to see, okay, when can I get pregnant? And it was totally wrong. Totally. What you read was totally wrong, or, uh, or you read it I, totally wrong? <laughs> I read it totally wrong. It was not very explicit as to when a fertile time was for yeah, a woman. Yeah. And so it did not give explicit times or details. What were your options? Who who offered you options at that point? Did you talk at all about adoption? Did you talk about what the cost of being a parent is at this point in your life? Did you talk about abortion? Abortion never came up with this pregnancy Again, my dad and mom in their books, um, they're both educators, so books are very highly esteemed and valued. My dad had gone to Jeanette Abel, his, his fellow teacher, and explained the situation to her. My daughter's 16. She's pregnant. What kind of resources do you have? And brought home a stack of books and came into my room and sat them on my bed and said, these are your options. So there is a book on abortion. There is a book on adoption. There is a book on parenting. And said, whatever you decide, we will support that. Okay. All right. Again, no discussion. So I love your dad and I love your mom. <laughs> I do I've too. I've never met them, but I love them because they're they're Christians and they're believers. I do want to use this moment to preach to all of us about being parents that are responsible to say what each one is. Right. Because abortion is ending that life. Mm-hmm. And that life is it's a gift. It's totally a gift from God. I love that God speaks about opening and closing the womb Hmm. scripturally. And so it's not a mistake that you have your son. Right. It's not a mistake. And it probably totally turned your life in a different direction Absolutely. with more responsibility, more commitment to, to God. And and, a, and you've been a huge testimony to me as I've been getting to know you. So 
what a blessing you are. And I'm not being hard on on just your parents. I'm, right. I'm the same thing happened with me and my my mother when I ask a silly question about one word. My brother <laughs> got brought into the conversation. Both of us were humiliated and agreed we'd never ask my mother another thing ever about sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's learning how to do that with the respect of of, of the gift it is. Right. And, and it's I, not easy to have those conversations. No. I can re- remember talking to my daughter about changes going on in her body. And we were sitting in her bed and both of us were looking straight forward. No <laughs> eye contact. I thought, I just need to get this information out. Do you have any questions? No. <laughs> but we had the conversation. <laughs> Oh, I love laughter in the studio. This is fun. This is fun. And so you met and married. I think Brian was also in one of your classes, and mm-hmm. you you took a crazy class. <laughs> I can't believe this class even existed in the schools, but you took a class on marriage and family marriage life. Marriage and family life. Um, and you s- had a mock wedding we at the a- end? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Brian bribed the guy to put his name and your name in the... <laughs> in the does he bribed the guy to pull the names out of the hat, and no matter what... What names he pulled, he told his friend to say Brian, say Brian and Wendy. I love it, <laughs> and that was our first marriage. <laughs> it was unofficial. Yeah, it was all full production with the tuxedos and a wedding gown and bridesmaids and a reception following. We had a, a judge that officiated the the ceremony. Um, there was no marriage certificates. Um, we had to go through premarital counseling together. Oh, my word. Um, yeah, it was the whole nine yards. It was incredible. Well, did you fall in love with Brian through all of this, or did you uh, well, begin, it, did begin to look pretty good to you? <laughs> uh, at the time, I was still dating Andy's father, Tommy. So it was a little tricky, but things had started probably a few months before that, um, where we did an exercise in the same class where we had to rank priorities. There were about 20 different priorities in your life, like God, family, country, job, hobbies, and Brian's list completely matched mine. 100%. And he was sitting across the room from us, from me. And I wondered how in the world did he copy my paper from (laughs) way over there. And so I had started just really considering my priorities at that point. So why not consider this guy? And he had been sort of flirting with me off and on, but he knew that I had a boyfriend and I thought, you know, he should know better. (laughs) Um, And then once we were linked <laughs> to be as boyfriend and girlfriend to be betrothed we were meeting one-on-one and really started to talk to each other about okay what does his faith being for his first priority what does that mean to him mm-hmm. what does that look like practically in his everyday life and i thought wow this guy really does line up he with has what a grasp he, on what he's talking he, about yeah here. yeah yeah and some direction for his life yeah. um so the spark started to fly there wow well it sounds like uh we have an excellent story to follow up at some point i'd love to have you come back for you know later on in the year i'd love to talk to you a little bit more about some of the things that we've talked about personally in terms of your relationship with brian and there was a tragedy in your life. There was. There was a tragedy in your life. And I think when you and I sat in your backyard and began to talk about it, I think both of us cried a good portion mm. of that because it's such a tender story. So 
down the road. Would you be willing to come back? I would love to. Oh, this that has would been be so, much fun. so fantastic. Well, it's been a very interesting story. It's a very teachable story, Wendy. And you share it so openly that people can learn. And now it's their responsibility to take what they've heard today and to apply it to how they work with their children, how, you know, the conversation about sex is really a part of the gifts that God has given us. Right. It's really one of the many incredible gifts that God gives us, but it's got to be protected like mm. any other gift. And so you don't freely allow someone to be part of that until you know, first of all, that they're committed to God and that they're committed to you and that they can see the picture of what comes next and have, with joy. Mm -hmm. No one should ever be told they're pregnant and have a negative feeling about it. Absolutely. Even if it's a dangerous pregnancy or if it's a, there are some risks here, it's still the gift it's that life. God has given us. It's life. It's life. And with that said, thank you, Wendy, for being on Choose Life Radio. This has been a really delightful conversation with you. If you want more information about Wendy's story or information about Teen Mother's Choices, we'd love you to go to our, our website. It's chooseliferadio.com. You can find their podcasts from earlier recordings that we've had. But you'll be able to really listen to Wendy's story and maybe even share it with someone that you think really needs to hear it. We love having you be a part of what we're doing. I love to get feedback from you. So please, if you're able to drop a line on the Facebook that we have, Choose Life Radio Network, and we would love to have you come on that Facebook and let us know what you're thinking. And also, we like snail mail. If you're a letter writer, please send it to Post Office Box 36622, and that's in Canton, Ohio, 44735. All of this is on our website, so if you didn't get any of it, hey, check out the website. We really appreciate you being part of Choose Life Radio. We hope that you'll come back next week for another session, Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.